Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we're two very different Jews talking about the same extraordinary Torah together. Hello, Dov Linzer. Hi, Abby. We are in Deuteronomy 30.11, and why don't you give us the name of the Parsha? The Parsha is Nitzavim, standing. Uh, Moses is saying to all of the children of Israel, you're standing here together to enter into a covenant with God. You're about to go into the land, and you have to reaffirm your relationship with God. So this is a pretty famous passage. I think it's been in some um, songs as well. I love it. So it's something we hear a lot. Surely this instruction, which I enjoin upon you this day is not too baffling for you, nor is it beyond reach. It is not in the heavens that you should say, who among us can go up to the heavens and get it for us and impart it to us that we may observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who among us can cross to the other side of the sea and get it for us and impart it to us that we may observe it? No, the thing is very close to you, in your mouth and in your heart to observe it. I just love that. Very powerful. Also great imagery. Crossing the sea, going up to the heavens, crossing the sea. You don't have to go look for it far away. It's right here. You know, this idea of it is not in the heavens and it's not beyond the sea um, and it is in your heart. What's the it in your mind? The rabbis certainly read this about a life of learning Torah and connecting to Torah and that we don't have to feel that it's in the heavens. You know, God gave it to us from the heavens, but it's here. It's given to us and it's for us and it's close to our hearts. It's always for us accessible to learn anytime we want. It kind of confirms that you don't need rabbis and you don't need, frankly, even prophets, intermediaries. This is yours. It kind of personalizes. It brings it down to earth. And it also kind of says... Don't use it as a, as an excuse that you can't, as you say, access it, because not only am I giving it to you, you know how to do this. You don't need exactly. me for this. Exactly. I mean, I think it speaks a lot to, you know, what we've been doing in the sense that everybody should be learning Torah. Nobody should be saying like, oh, I don't know Hebrew. I don't have enough background. Uh, my, I, my ideas are too heretical. Anything that, you know, this is accessible to everyone. And it's very different from, I think, how other religions might deal with their holy books. You know, only the priests can know it. Only the priests have the secret knowledge and the secret meaning. And here the Torah is saying, no, it was given to human beings. It's not still in the heavens. It's everybody has the right and the obligation to engage it themselves. And when it says, who among us can go up to the heavens and get it for us? Wh what does that mean? Essentially, go get the law? Yeah, like you don't have to have a direct channel to God. I should say that the rabbis read this, taking it even one step further, and they say that when it comes to adjudicating the law, interpreting the law, that God doesn't have a vote. You know, there's this famous story that the rabbis are debating about something, and one rabbi says, if I'm right, let the walls of the study hall bend in, and the walls of the study hall bend in, and if I'm right, let a tree get uprooted, and the tree gets uprooted, and the other rabbis say, no, we're voting against you. And then he says, well, let a heavenly voice come out, and a heavenly voice comes out and says, he's right, and the rabbis say to God, God, keep out of this. This isn't your business. It's not in the heavens. And they quote this verse, meaning you've given us the Torah from the heaven, but now it's up to us to decide how to read it, how to interpret it, how to apply it. Well, that, that story is, is nice, but it's kind of kvetchy. It's, it's not as poetic. It kind of takes the poetry you don't love that? away from me. Story. <laughs> Let's just finish, though, with the last line. The thing is very close to you, in your mouth and in your heart. Like uh -huh. in your mouth, that is so powerful to me. It's like you can speak it without being taught it. You mm -hmm. know it. 
it's kind of like mm. it's in your DNA. It's like it's mm-hmm, like that idea mm-hmm. we all stood at, at you know at Sinai or that what's that story that we were all born with the entire Torah and then you touch the head or you touch the nose or something and right, it all disappears right. and you have to relearn it. There's something um, not just empowering but but very kind of intimate about it and kind of strengthening. Like right. you have these muscles. Yeah. You have and this vocabulary I, I, is the better way of putting it. Yeah. And also that to some degree, I really love your mentioning that Midrash about learning all the Torah in the womb and then forgetting it. And then the question is like, why did you learn it? And, you know, and one answer is, well, because then when you learn it afresh, you're rediscovering something that you always knew, you know, at some level, like it's just finding out something about yourself or feeling that sense of coming home, feeling that this is something that, you know, you knew but has never been articulated. So I think there's that beautiful sense in this verse that it's not just you have the skills, but it's also like deep, deep in your heart, you have this, you know, and you just have to discover it. And I think we have to be honest about the barriers here. Many, many Jews don't feel like it's close to them. They Mm -hmm. don't feel like it's in their mouth. They don't feel like it's in their heart. And it's a hurdle to kind of feel entitled to their Torah. Mm. It's true. I mean, there are obviously translations and wonderful books and so many ways to access it nowadays, but that doesn't mean that people feel comfortable and that it is fully accessible. I mean, the rabbis actually instituted a whole system of public education uh, because they felt that it's critical for people to everybody to have the skills and not something for the priests, you know, to hold and protect from the people. But that's uh, it's a reality nowadays. Yeah, that that's really a challenge for some people. What would you advise in those cases, Abby? I guess I, I would advise to kind of get over the hurdle and begin I remember myself feeling like it's it's too much to start and it's too late. And mm. this this line that it's very close to you, I, I think I can't proselytize, but I've now experienced it, is that when you begin to read it and discuss it, it gets closer. That mm. in a sense, it starts far away and it gets closer and closer the more you engage it. Oh, that's really beautiful, Abby. I think that's a great line to end on. So we should all learn to get over those hurdles and find new beginnings and put ourselves on a path of growth. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Abigail Pogrubin and Rabbi Dove Linzer. The show is produced by Shira Telushkin and executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. We'd be so grateful if you'd head over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps more people find us. You can also write or fetch to us at this email, progress at tabletmag.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>